everybody. You are listening to the Room for Both podcast. We are Nicole and Meredith, longtime friends who decided to start this podcast to process the gray areas of life. Sometimes we'll have strong opinions. Mostly we'll have a lot of questions. At the end of the day, we want this to be a conversation that leaves room for both, for going deep and keeping it light, for funny and serious. Our hope is that by dialoguing in such an intentional and inclusive way, we can learn and grow and just get a better sense of how much we're all just in this together. Nick, we've been gone for a year and a half-ish. Tell everyone where the hell we've been and what. It's so funny because when we talked about kicking back off and we were getting ready, thinking about what this, the rest of this season's going to look like. I went back and listened to previous episodes and like the first episode of season two, we're like, we're back. It's been 13 (laughs) months. And then we released three episodes and we left an ominous Instagram message that said, We had a family emergency. We'll be back. Didn't specify for anybody what that meant. Never came back to check in. We're sorry, everybody. Yeah, like apologies. That was ominous. Long story short, we did have a family emergency. So Jeff and I had a lovely vacation in Greece. Um, I think that was, we said we were going to go do that. And then we'd be back with our next episode. That Uh was all good. I think it was like a week after we got back from that vacation. I was in Stockholm at a work meeting and I got a call that Jeff's mom was in the hospital. Long, long, long story short, she had a fluke brain aneurysm and we didn't know if she was going to make it. So we spent a lot of time in the fall back in the States. Just, well, it's so weird to tell you this because you know all of this, but. um, Fall of 2019, just for context. Yeah. uh, We spent a good amount of time in the States uh, just trying to figure out yeah what what was what at that point i think like whenever a parent gets sick or an in-law gets sick it's just like shit it it just calls all of your life's decisions into question so yeah i mean jeff and i were like are we gonna need to move back to the states like what's going on i've again long story short she's great she's like fully recovered it's incredible um yeah even after a massive brain bleed and um yeah it's absolutely incredible we're here back in london but yeah that that just sort of kicked off a bunch of other transition that i I think for both of us and um it took us a year and a half to to get back in the saddle well just so just just so everyone's clear, one of those major points of transition was Nicole bringing new life into the world by, by Oh, yeah, that happened. Mora. Yeah. So, you know, there's just been some things that have delayed us from the podcast, but our desire moving forward is to really be in this thing and to provide consistent content. Quite frankly, we just love this platform and we yeah. love that we get to connect this way. And so... Man, if, so excited if people, to be back. Yeah. If people like it, then that's a win for us. But we're like, we just love an excuse to like get together and literally process and shoot the breeze and do all the things. That, what we want you to hear us say is that we, we are grateful that you're here. We value your presence and we're, we're in this thing. We love this. So we're back. Before we get into the meat of our podcast, we are going into our first segment, which we are calling Shoot the Breeze. It's literally the time of the show where we catch up and talk about things we're loving, that we're into, just the light stuff, you know? So we think you'll enjoy this little bit. Okay, so what is giving you life right now, Mayor? 
Well, in this current moment, this yogurt and um, chocolate protein powder and chia seeds, I hear Nora. Is she like, guys, <laughs> I'm here. I'm missing say, out on the party. Speaking of Nora. Dad's going to go get her. Yeah, um, just, in, case, in case you're new to us, Jeff, Nicole's husband, is uh, just not only our biggest encourager and fan, but he is also our sound engineer, producer, just all things all the behind things. the scenes. He makes this happen. So anyway, big props to him. He's also the baby daddy. Anyway, okay, so what's giving me life right now? Literally in this moment, my I, this is so silly, but I feel like in case it's helpful to anybody, my breakfast go-to is um, Greek yogurt because it has so much good protein in it. Of course, I'm a little bit she-she, and I do like grass-fed, grass-finished, organic Greek yogurt. Lovely. I do. <laughs> I add a scoop of my favorite chocolate protein powder. I use Active Stacks pretty much exclusively. It is the best and the best tasting. And then I mix in like a, a tablespoon of chia seeds for a little um, healthy fat and fiber. And I'm telling you, I'm just living my best life over that here. That sounds delicious. It is delicious. And oh, I added a little bit of honey um, because I just like that. And it's also got some helpful enzymes and it's just good for you, you know, especially local, not that sponge shit from other places that are that's local honey. honey. Local honey. Gotta be Either local or unfiltered or raw or Manuka honey is great. Doesn't have to be, you know, from right up the road, although that's lovely. We love a local business. But you just want to make sure you're not getting the honey bear stuff because that's just spun sugar that, that is made to look like it. There's actually, what is the documentary I saw about this? I, I'm not going to bore people with it. The <laughs> point is you want to make sure your honey's real. And if you can buy local, then do that. And honey is so good for you. So there you go. That's giving me life in this moment. And I'm that. sure we'll get into some other things. But what's giving you life right now, sis? Okay, so I've already told you about this book, but I'm going to tell everybody about this book because I'm still reading it and I'm still loving it. Um, mm. I'm currently reading The Universe in Your Hand by Christoph Galford. He's a physicist. Can you show me that name like so I can visually? Yeah. Christoph. Oh, with a C-H-R-I. Okay. Galford. Okay, great. Um, he's a physicist and he's essentially trying to... Oh, how would I even say this? He's trying to make accessible essentially like what the science community knows about the universe in one book, but in a way that's like, he's like, I promise the only equation I'm going to use is E equals MC squared. And that's the only equation that you're going to find in this book. So it's like, it's for people Very who nice. don't live in the science community, right? Sure. But the reason it's giving me life right now, so I, I think you, you know this, but... London is in another lockdown uh, for coronavirus. So we are like very, very strict measures right now. So we're essentially not leaving our home. And yeah. I mean, we've been that way the better part of a year, I'm going to be honest. A hundred percent. We've had a little bit of a reprieve like right before Christmas. And then the second strain hit. And now we're like back, shut everything shut down again. So yeah. I feel like this book... It just helps me zoom out and keep this year in perspective, you know, like uh, when like a lot of times I th think history helps me do that when I think about mm. like the broader context. But that's even just human history. This is like the history of the Earth, which is 13.7 billion years old, which I can't even get yes. my head around. And yes. just all these things that are happening in the cosmos. And it's just I'm loving it. Oh. Okay, here's a question. What do you feel like that book and that and learning about that is doing for your spirit in terms of like 
how we belong to each other, the earth, how we're all inter, how everything is interconnected. Like, is there an internal journey around that for you? This is such a random question. I just, as you were talking, I was like, I wonder if she's, uh, t- it, what's coming up for her around this? So go with that where you will. Honestly, like the thing that it's doing for me right now is I just, I think it was Albert Einstein who said like, you either view everything as a miracle or you view nothing as a miracle. This book is, sure. is it just makes everything feel like magic to me. Like every human oh, being that. is magic. Yeah. Every experience yeah. is magic. Every breath is magic. Like it's all just freaking magic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is so needed right now, especially when like we're in the monotony of like, <laughs> it feels like there's no magic because we wake up For and do sure. the same thing every single day, you know? For sure. So highly recommend it. Okay. Can you tell us the name one more time? The Universe in Your Hand. And also, too, can you tell me really quickly, because I'm thinking, like, okay, if I'm reading this book, is it just science and he's explaining things at me, or is he, like, how is he cultivating that magic for you? He even is creative in the way he approaches it. Like, he has you envision things. Like, you, you're a character in the book, and he, ha- he like has you close your eyes and bring yourself well I guess you're reading so you're not actually closing your eyes but sure he has you like imagine you're traveling to the sun and like tells you what you see there and what's going on (gasps) there and like it's it's awesome okay that's so you're really on a journey it's not just like hey let me tell you about let me make science more accessible to you so you better understand it which that's great there's value there in and of itself but for someone like me Who's like, you know what? I'm not the most science brain, but yeah, I want to yeah. learn about it. But it is engaging in that way that it like draws me into a bigger narrative. Yes, totally, totally, okay. totally. Okay, that's helpful to hear because I'm like, really, Scott and I have been digging into some like nature documentaries recently. Anything David Attenborough produces, Our Planet, the whole Our Planet series. Oh on yeah, Netflix. Jeff and I love that. Oh my gosh, it's so amazing! It is so amazing, and it also like brings to the forefront like this idea of earth care and us belonging to the earth and 100 yeah like that everything is that we have a responsibility here like i you well, know it's not anyway, all I don't, for us it's not all about hello, us like yeah hello yeah 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 it's so fascinating so like and just to see the beauty but also like the destruction and what the reality behind some of this stuff is because of the way we have just terrorized our planet in so many ways right it's so humbling but but it's also just creates this broader picture of like this isn't about you we belong to each other even like just the earth itself and humans like it's all symbiotic and and can we enter into that greater narrative so anyway i just visually speaking scott and i have been really into that so it's helpful to hear that there's a book like this that gives you that same kind of magic if you will by through it written word it's incredible it's incredible okay okay very here for that now we're going to move into the more meaty part of the show that we're calling processing out loud this is the portion of the podcast where we're going to dive into topics we've been thinking about or wrestling with and really just invite you along for the journey nick would you cast vision for what when you and i have talked about what this season two's uh, theme around in processing it loud should be you had a really great idea and we discussed it I think a couple episodes back but will you kind of cast vision for us as to where we're going what we're talking about and why we thought that that would be uh, helpful and important yes so I feel like from season one 
the most talked about thing with you all, um, with our community, right? Was Mm -hmm. the episode where we, I was our very first episode. Have you been Brene? And Brene Brown just seemed like in her research and her concepts, like all just seemed to really strike a chord with, um, all of you. And we had just some great discussions and like chats with people along those lines. So for season two, we talked about revisiting her guide post for wholehearted living, which was, uh, I think in her first book, Gifts of Imperfection. Um, and so we were like, well, maybe like season two, because I think what, what you and I do together is we're fumbling through putting some of this stuff in practice, like yes, in life, hello. right? And like the conversations that we have, the things that we wrestle through is like what that looks like and how hard it is and how life-giving it is. And so I think... For the rest of season two, we are going to pull up the rest of those guideposts and have conversations around those guideposts. We had one conversation, I think it was uh, episode two this season, um, where we talked about the guidepost of giving up anxiety as a way of life and cultivating calm and stillness, Mm. which was so good. I need to go back and listen to that. Same. I'm like, I need to go back and let my mature self preach to my daily un uh evolved self who's like what is stillness i'm sorry what, what? like what for sure so for i sure. know that i could use some wholeheartedness especially with like everything that we're going through right now in life and sure. lockdown and so um i just feel like we will probably benefit from pulling up these these um, yes. guideposts again yeah and then hopefully it'll strike a chord with our listeners as well you know what's interesting as you were just talking? I was thinking like, if people could hear our Voxers, they would know how deeply we wrestle with the hard things of life of like, how do Ugh. I, I mean, the amount of times that we talk about like, how do I get out of my defended ego here and make space <laughs> for this difficult thing or this idea? And yeah. how do I become more open to this? But I just feel so mad about it or I feel so indignant or what I, I'm telling y'all, like we just, process and in a such a healthy good way of like I need some reflection here I need someone to ask me hard questions or can you what's happening here or what right so I was just going to say it's interesting to think about this podcast uh, you know as a as a touch point for me any excuse to talk about something that is centering to my soul and if this podcast can be a touch point for me to like get regrounded and recentered on these principles right and if that can serve other people then that's great but like for me I'm like wow what it does to my soul to even twice a month talk about these things so good is so helpful there is yeah. such to even have some type of like system around it like maybe i'm not great at sitting still every day but like twice a month i get with my girlfriend i mean obviously you and i box all the time but twice a month i get with my girlfriend and i'm like okay how are we doing with this yes. you know i just think it's so um anyway just helpful so it's interesting as you were talking it it struck me as appropriate that the first one of these is cultivating authenticity and the one we're going to talk about today because I talking about voxing all the time I think this relationship like I can be uniquely authentic mm-hmm. I can show up as my full self with you for whatever reason in the context mm-hmm. of this friendship that we've built for however many years I feel like I can be real 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 and I feel like mm-hmm. you can be real 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 and we can chat we can softly challenge each other or we can ask more questions like we just I don't know it's a place where I feel like authenticity is really cultivated 
and it is sure. so life-giving to both of us. And so anyways, as you were talking about our boxes, I was like, oh, how appropriate that we're talking about authenticity today because I feel like yeah. one of the gifts of this friendship is that it's a place that our authentic mm-hmm. self can show up and, and we can help yes. encourage each other to bring that to more places as opposed yes. to like shying away from it, you know? Oh, or as Brene says, this, I mean, can we just jump into this? Like as you're talking, this one line, this one line, I was like, oh, Brene, why? She's talking about like digging deep into the concept of, you know, the the thing about her guidepost, if you own the book, The Gifts of Imperfection, it's like, I don't know, probably the second half of the book that she gets into the guidepost for wholehearted living. And the first one, like Nicole said, is called Cultivating Authenticity and like the subtitle or the... uh, one liner under that is letting go of what people think. So just for better con- for deeper context, but like the line, ugh, I hate it so much where she's like, <laughs> dig deep. Whenever I'm faced with a vulnerable situation, I get deliberate with my intentions by repeating this to myself. Don't shrink. Don't puff up. Mm-hmm. Oh God. The amount of times in a day I puff up. I mean, <laughs> for the love of Christ, I was like, oh, why are you saying this to me, Brene? And then she says, don't shrink. Don't puff up. Don't puff up. Stay on your sacred ground. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And then she says something about, like, saying this mantra, super helpful for her, um, et cetera, et cetera. Basically, it helps her not to get so small that other people are comfortable. And then, for me, this is the bigger thing, not to throw my armor up as a way to protect myself because that's my thing. I go into puff-up protection mode, like, super, super quickly, and I get defensive. And then, I mean, it is... It is like an, a, a, a true miracle to get me out of defensiveness. And it's like I know cognitively, Mir, take some breaths. You're being defensive. Like, I, But I can't, like my body, it's like it is so hard for it to actually come down and enter into a space that is going to be helpful to engage whatever it is I need to engage. You know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah. know this about me. It's so interesting because I tend to shrink. You know what I mean? Like I have the the opposite tendency, which is like just shrink back and withdraw and like don't let. All right. If if someone's going to hurt the real me, then I'm just going to mm. withdraw and go in my little uh, sure. just not engage with the real world. Um, so it's interesting that we are good mirrors for each other because I think mm-hmm. we have the opposite tendency. One of the things that I loved that she said was that she used to think about authenticity as it's either people are authentic or they're not authentic, they're inauthentic, Mm -hmm. right? Like this thing that you have or you don't have, this quality that you have that you don't have. And what she learned through her research is that it's actually a thing that we practice. And so if we want to live authentic lives and we want to be authentic people, then it's something that we have to practice, practice, practice. And that makes it feel more, like you're saying, when you recognize that tendency in yourself, if you just think of it as, again, in a dualistic way, I'm a defensive or I'm not defensive, it can almost be mm. crushing. But if you think about it more as like this thing that we have to pra- get to practice um, oh, and get yeah. better at, like build muscles around, um, mm. I found that very encouraging. That's so interesting. Even thinking about like I'm someone who tries in my limited efforts and my limited ability, right, to try to think non-dualistically. And what we mean when we say non-dualistic is to think in terms of either or, black or white. It's either this or it's this, and there's nothing, no space for anything else. I, I can't, I, it's almost like I'm like, Meredith, you thinking about, like, getting defensive or not defensive, like, that, that in and of itself is dualistic versus reframing it to say, like, okay, what is, 
what it, where's the practice here? Like, that's okay. This is, this is where you're at right now. What's the invitation here? What's the practice? And that's the gift, I think, of what you, as my friend who can mirror this for me, you get to, you invite me into this. Because the other day I was defensive about something and I was voxing you about it, kind of seeking some counsel. And you're like, you need to be a little kinder to yourself. And I didn't expect to hear that from you. You're like, mirror, I mean, it's okay. You, you know, whatever the thing was. And I was like, oh, interesting. Like to see that if you get small or you puff up there, that's, that belongs to, it's just a matter of how can we reframe that and practice that in a way that's going to maybe, how how do you even say this? Like, um, uh, helpful, fruitful, like how, or because even like something that fosters connection as opposed to disconnection. Yes, yes that's it. That's when it. I all that I want is to deeply connect with the people in my life, right? Yeah. And for the yeah. authentic me to deeply connect, mm-hmm. not some artificial me that I've like created to please somebody sure. else. That's what I want deep, 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 deep down, if I'm honest. Mm-hmm. And yet when yeah, when I let because like you said, the second part of this is letting go of what people think. When I let Mm -hmm. what people think dictate how I operate Mm -hmm. and I convince myself that if I show up as my real self, they will reject that. It's like, I, so I withdraw, you puff up, armor up, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Neither of those things leads to connection, which is the thing we're hardwired for. And we like sabotage it it at every turn. That's it. That's that's exactly what I was trying to say. I was like, what is it that like, it's not that, because then I was starting to get into like performative stuff of like, well, how do we puff up in a way that's that's fruitful and helpful to the relationship so that we can become, it was like, okay, no, I was missing the point. Exactly what you said about like, really, it's about how do we get back to that place of connection, connection with self, hello, yes. and connection with others. Because I think there is a way in which when we are kind of, okay, I'm going to bumble my way through this because welcome to my life. <laughs> but like, I, I'm, I'm pondering on the idea that when we are um, faced with one of our character defects, like for me in this, in this particular context, puffing up, armoring up, getting defensive, right? My tendency is to denounce that and to separate myself from it and mm-hmm. go, that's bad. Mm-hmm. I have to be different and I have to completely disengage that versus integrating it and saying like, I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know how to, I don't know what integration looks like. I haven't done work around this. I have not talked to like a therapist or coach around this, or I, I have not, this is literally in real time processing <laughs> what this can look like. Right. And this is actually a new concept for me as I learn about spiral dynamics and moving into different kind of phases of consciousness and I'm not going to get into that right now, but eventually we we'll have a podcast episode where we talk about it. I forget which one, but we'll put it in our we show do? notes. Yeah. Oh, um, well, we'll continue to because <laughs> I'm fuzzy on it and I'm learning about it. So I'm like, oh, cool. I guess we do. I don't know. But my point is I'm learning through that like framework of human behavior and, and levels of consciousness and stuff. Like how do we integrate all that into who we are versus like shunning it and denouncing it? Because then to your point, we walk out on connection to ourselves. I can't just say yes. It, because even like scripturally, you know, we're taught like in this Pauline theology, like you were this, now you're this. Do, instead of doing this, turn away from this. Like it's very, the way that we read mm-hmm. it or it's interpreted for us or whatever is like, don't do this anymore and instead do this. And while I'm all about like replacing behaviors and redirecting, that makes a lot of sense like psychologically. There is something to be said for, I think we also One can of- potentially... Ag- 
Yeah, yeah tell go. me, because I'm you like go. very bumbly. Well, just how do we how do we integrate? Oh, so as you're talking, a conversation that I had with a spiritual director just a couple weeks ago comes up for me, um, where he we were talking about my like long-standing habit of ignoring my body, right? Of like, mm. it's like I ignore it to the point that it doesn't let me till I break out in hives or I get a mm. cold or I, whatever it is, right? Get a migraine. Sure, sure. And I was in this very, like you're saying, um, judgy place of like, ah, yeah, I do this. And like, it's, and I, I got in like, I need to fix it mode. And he, yes. he was like, well, A, it's later in the conversation. He said, you do realize that like this type of work, like real transformational type work, like isn't about you doing it at all. It's like, way oh. right. It's like way more about showing up and grounding in mm. the divine or reality, God, whatever name you want to put to that and like letting the transformation be done unto you. So like there's that, oh. which was so good and I needed to hear it. But God, the other thing good. he did was he was like, he's like, when you have these longstanding habits, you're not just going to break that by deciding mm. I'm not going to do that anymore. He's like, you're yes. telling me that you've been ignoring your body for years. <laughs> why don't you get curious with why? Like get, why don't you spend some time, whether it's journaling, like just si sitting silently yes. with that question of like, why do you have that tendency to do that? Where does it come from? And like being willing to go deep into like where it comes from so that if there's healing that needs to take place, if there, whatever it is, some message that you've internalized that causes you to do that, you can like let, you can deal with the root issue because otherwise you're just going to, we're going to try to, uh, address your way out of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it is. It becomes a new performative measure of like, okay, it's almost like I think about like diet culture comes to mind a little bit of like, I have I, I don't know. It's so loaded and tricky, and I don't want to be insensitive. There's this chasm we have, whether it's with our body image or food, whether it's let's 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 for the for the sake of the conversation, take the idea of contentment. I'll use myself as an example. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, contentment. I am somebody who, for the majority of her life, <clears throat> has struggled with internal contentment. I still do in many ways, but like around my body, I was constantly trying to replace behaviors. Like, okay, well, if I just maybe did this type of diet or this way of eating, I won't call it a diet, but this way of eating. Perfecto, gracias. Sorry. Um, this, this, <laughs> my, this summarizes you. Oh my gosh. That makes me so well, happy. My, my, my bathroom contractor, my friend Gonzalo was at the, came to the window. As I told him, listen, I'm on a call. They left the door open, finish what you need to finish, but I'm on a call. So he came to the window to say, we're done. And so anyway, I just hollered back at him. All that to say. Y'all, Meredith was a Spanish major in college. And anytime she gets an opportunity to speak Spanish, it just like, she lights up to. and it comes out of her and it makes me so happy. Anyways, okay, sidebar, kind. you go. Well, in this, you know, speaking of sidebar, this whole, like, it's going to seem like a far right turn, but, but what we'll I'm hearing. We'll get back to authenticity, yeah. but I'm liking where this is going. What I'm, what I'm hearing from us is that we, that there are patterns within us where we're like, okay, I've got to replace this thing in me. Right. Yes. So for me, it's like, instead of getting to the root issue around contentment, what I've, and I've kind of let the cat out of the bag first, cause hello, it was contentment for me. Right. But what I didn't <laughs> know for a very long time was like, why am I constantly doing a whole 30 or why am I cutting out sugar or why am I like, um, 
wanting to explore this particular type of exercise and like go really hard at it. If I do this for five days a week, then it's like, what was I chasing, right? Yes. And I was like, okay, I've got an issue with contentment. Like, what if, again, this is example of like the body, right? But like there was something I wasn't liking that I wanted to turn away from. Mm-hmm. And was was chasing and hustling my way out of that lack of contentment with my physical body by trying to chase all these other things, right? And I had to get to a place where I got still and I journaled and I said, what comes up for me around food? Why do I get so frustrated in a restaurant? Why do I, I get that. so frustrated in a workout? Why am I so hard on myself? And then as I did that work and journaled it out, and quite frankly, it wasn't because I was so spiritual and disciplined. Like, you know what? Let me just go inward and explore my feelings. <laughs> I was to the point that I was just so damn frustrated with myself yeah. and feeling like I am hustling and this is not sustainable. What the hell is going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had enough emotional health at that point to like, know, like, you know what? I probably need to put pen to paper and talk to God about this. Like, okay, God, what the hell just happened to me in that restaurant where I was triggered and left bawling my eyes out because they didn't have exactly what I wanted, how I needed it, and mm-hmm. why can't I eat like everyone else? And it, that was a whole thing. Scott could tell you about it. It was quite the moment. <laughs> anyway, but then like, why am I always chasing these types of things and all, all this stuff, right? So much of what came up for me was contentment, right? And how mm-hmm. my chase for contentment manifests itself in like different pursuits and, and, and facets of quote health and wellness. Right. And it was like, actually mayor, what if your body looked the way it did for the rest of your life? Would you be okay? And what are other markers of health that you can look at? For me, laughter comes up. Can I laugh oh, every day? I love you know what I'm that. saying? Like that for me is a marker of health. Like does not matter if gorgeous. I'm gorgeous. Well, thank you. It's like, it doesn't matter if I'm you know, this is so dumb to even say, because who the hell cares? But this is the culture that I've been indoctrinated yeah. in. So just, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter if my stomach is softer. Good Lord. It's it's dumb coming out of my mouth, but at the same time, this is the, this is the way my brain yeah. has been taught to work for so yeah. many years. It doesn't matter if my stomach is softer, there's cellulite on my legs, or my arms aren't as toned as I think they, quote, should be, because whatever the hell expectations that have been put on me or I put on myself, um, do, can I laugh every day? Can I can I run around with my potential potential hopeful kids one day? Do you That's know what I'm saying? Beautiful. Like, am I able to play? Am I able to show up? Really engage? Okay, so what does that look like then in terms of like not hustling my way out of something and continuing to do these things that are performative and to replace behaviors like you were talking about? It's like okay, if I just turn away from this and then do this instead. It's going to be unending. That's, my brain, that's how we yes. live our life, right? Yes. And that's why we're so exhausted. And I think, I think this will bring us back to authenticity because I think the more we keep in that mode of like, fix it, fix it, fix it, hustle, 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 like, and the more we avoid actually getting still and like getting curious about where, what's coming up for us. And, um, it's, so the whole time I'm reading the authenticity, um, chapter, I can't help but think of, um, I think it was a commencement speech that Howard Thurman gave at Spelman College, like in 1980 or something. And he talks about the sound of the genuine. And I'm going to read just a part of it because it's just so beautiful. There is something in every one of you that waits, listens for the sound of the genuine in yourself. And if you cannot hear it, you will never find whatever it is for which you are searching. You are the only you that has ever lived. Your idiom is the only idiom of its kind in all of existence. And if you cannot hear the sound of the genuine in you, you will 
all of your life spend your days on the ends of strings that somebody else pulls. So it's like, it's pretty long and we can link it in our show notes, but it comes full circle to say that if I, if I get to a place that I'm still enough to hear the sound of the genuine in me and I live in that space, and if I can sit on the other side of you and see the sound, hear the sound of the genuine in you, the division between us almost goes away. Like he talks about, like, I can go, I can start in me and come up in you. Like, essentially it's Mm -hmm. like just this like unifying, beautiful, gorgeous vision of if we actually listen for whatever that sound of the, like what freedom is that too? That like the sound of the genuine for you is not the same as the sound of the genuine for me. There's freedom in that and how we engage with each other in light of that. There's also freedom to like just live. I know you talk a lot about like your one glorious life, right? Like mm-hmm. let's just be free to live it. And like, it, um, and not, not hustling our way to like constantly make ourselves better or make our, whatever it is like all, I think some of these practices can even become that as opposed to like ground ourselves and what is it that is stirring up in us and how do we live in that place of freedom and like uh, uh, this authentic place, right? What's tricky is, uh, okay, yes to all this. And this is still me being so damn bound and tied to what other people think. And also I think for me, I'm in, we've talked about this a little bit and I'm sorry if this is going to sound a little confusing to you if you're listening in and you're like, can you stop with the spiral dynamics? I don't know what that is, but it's a, it's a part of the journey that I'm on. Just understanding I will link to some spiral dynamics stuff in our show notes in case you want a, a, a rundown on what it is before. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm finding myself like, okay, authenticity here for it. How can we listen? That's great. Interconnectedness. So beautiful. (laughs) Here's the thing that I'm rubbing up against yes. here's what's here's what's convicting to me as somebody who is at a, at a level one tier one haven't integrated really in like more an emotionally unhealthy green space where I'm like okay how do I make space for everybody's truth and then not be mean to people who I don't perceive are making space for other people's truths too, right? Or their levels of authenticity. Like how can a bunch of different authenticities coexist? Because here's the reality and hi, if you've been awake for a minute, you've seen it. We are all, so many of us, there are different ideologies and theologies and, um, and just everything. There's so much against right now. So how do you practice your authenticity in a way that's inclusive and makes space, but still is, grounded in your authenticity and what happens when that bucks up against someone else's authenticity and it's like fiery not just like a little like oh that's cool agree to disagree oh no we're talking about like this is not like your version of absolute truth is not my version of absolute truth and now we've got like our horns are locked in but maybe like sometimes they can be locked in in the comment section of Instagram or other times it's like a silent horn like if you can see my hands you know like picture two like (laughs) She's um, making deers. like rams heads, like yeah, rams together. heads. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Like it feels like there's either overt rams heads coming together in the comment section of Facebook or Instagram, or silently between relationships where we are like, oh, I more think passive aggressive. Oh rams god, horns. yeah, a hundred percent. But they're there. So what do we do with yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Obviously, I don't have an answer because all of we're all just <laughs> bumbling through life, right? But. I think that's the crux of it is 
recognizing that we're here as humans and as as being humans like there's always going to be we're always on a growth growth curve right and growth is always painful mm. and um I think sometimes we almost like try to pretend that that's not the case, right? Like we mm, think that yeah. once once we get to the next whatever framework you want to use, right? Like once yeah. we grow in this way, then we'll have arrived. And I think the whole point of the human condition is that we're never going to arrive. So I think in in some sense we have to just call that for what it is and know that like it's always going to be this mixture of like beautiful and good and growth and transformation and like sticking points and ego yeah. and like all this other stuff too. I think it actually comes back to what you were saying about what we were saying about the earth in um, shoot, shoot the breeze, the which is like, we tend to be so, and again, everything I say is just a repetition of what I've learned from Richard Vore. So like, <laughs> <laughs> whatever I'm just gonna call that out for what it is sure but we're so self-referential the way we see everybody in our life everything <laughs> in our life it's so self-referential and oh my god it hurts so bad it's, it's so, so true though it's like if oh. I like what you're saying if I agree with what you're saying if I get value <sighs> from how you're being and it's like if we can stop oh and consider how it is we're seeing people and the, the self-referential place if we can learn to I think see people differently and from less of a self-referential vantage point I think maybe there's something to that I'm unwell because that is my daily humiliation slash maybe I'll be humiliated for the rest of the year <laughs> with that alone like that just it's real me my ass on a silver platter that self-referential my god if that doesn't sum me up to a freaking t i don't know what's true how do i respond to that what do i think of that what does that mean in light of my faith deconstruction what does that mean for my you know view of this particular issue what does that mean for my friendship with this person all of everything i do right now is self-referential and i have been too blind to see it and i I'm so embarrassed. Oh, by that it's embarrassing. It's in, Oh like, my God, I want to die. Maybe this is a good time to go into yes and because I'm I'm feeling some takeaways from this conversation for sure. I'm yeah, uh-huh. We can move into yes and. Let's just do that. Okay. Because God knows this conversation is just gonna continue right there. So <laughs> meet us over there, friends. Now it's time for yes and. The part of the show where we unpack our so what moments. If at any point during this conversation, you've had the thought, yes, and now what? This is for you. Here's the thing. I think everything you just said, my body is responding to that in such a profound way. I feel like I want to cry. I feel like I want to mourn. I feel like I want to grieve all the ways that I have lived my life that way, continue to live my life that way from this place of haughtiness and better thanness, and get on my levelness and how defended I still feel around that. And also, mm-hmm. and I'm not trying to be self-deprecating. I don't, I don't need sympathy. I literally like, yeah, there yeah, is yeah. a place for like helpful repentance. This is it. And I think, you know, the, the, mm. the word or the phrase self-referential captures 
all of it in a way that the word selfish doesn't. Because selfish is too trite. We hear about it too much, especially if you grew up in church in any, in any sense. You hear, oh, it's not, whatever. You just hear that that's not a good thing to be. But when you, when you just said self-referential and all that that encapsulates, I mean, I just fell to my face. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just like, my body collapsed back into my chair. Or like, my, I just went, oh my God, that's it. She put I, I her head I mean, in her even hands. Even as Nicole continued to talk, <laughs> the phrase self-referential, self-referential came up over and over. and Because I'm always thinking, well, how does this make me feel? How, and, and to be fair, really quick sidebar to that, I do think there's a way in which, like, as a part of our individuation as adults and as we, maybe we didn't have a strong sense of self as a kid or adolescent or a young adult or whatever, and, like, maybe we need to figure out, how do I feel about this, right? If we've been... If we've been taught our whole lives how to think and feel, there is absolutely a beautiful sacred space to say, huh, let me assess this. Let me think of what I think around this. But there is a way in which I I myself have become so freaking self-referential that I'm like, I'm going to be thinking about this Mm. for a very long time and just contemplating it. So how would you summarize what is what is the yes and that's here for you? What does that mean I, I think around I want, this? I think the yes and for me is that yes, that's true of me. <laughs> and I want to keep conversing with you and um, God, journal, myself, whatever, about what the idea of self-referential means and how it plays out in my life and where it is limiting for me in my life, whether that's for my own freedom, for my connection with other people. Um, yeah, I've got to keep doing work around this idea of self-referential. I know that sounds simple, but like that feels a, like a lot mm. to me. Yeah, Take us into your brain space right now. I feel free to oh, keep teaching man. us about being self-referential. I mean, I'm like, talking about self-referential, I'm like, <laughs> I myself need more teaching, so if you just want It's so interesting because this whole conversation about authenticity, I don't even know how much, I don't even know that we spent a lot of time talking about this, but it was a good, really good trailhead. Um, What's coming up for me for this conversation is just when you were talking about Mm -hmm. the mantra that Brene said around that she uses when she knows she's Mm -hmm. going into a vulnerable conversation, right? She like uses this mantra. Don't, don't shrink, don't puff up, stand on your sacred ground or stand your sacred ground. This idea of not shrinking is I think my yes and because, um, yeah, I think she even at some point in the chapter and I, I really recommend the book if you haven't read it, uh, the gifts of imperfection, but, uh, in the chapter she talks about, um, even Mm -hmm. like, uh, gender norms and the way being authentic, whether you're a man or whether a woman, like, the way traditional gender norms can uh, force us outside of our authentic selves in a lot of ways. And I think what she was talking about um, women specifically, she was talking about, um, I forget the data set that she referenced, but essentially like what are the main attributes that women are taught, like talking about traditional gender norms. Thin, nice, and modest. Thin, nice, and modest are a value, right? And um, I had a dad who ascribes to traditional gender norms, right? And like, I love him and, and I grew up with those sort of being held up as the end all be all right. Or like, um, 
And the way she summarized it in the book, in the chapter, she says, so if you're a woman, the message is to stay as small, quiet and attractive as possible. Um, which I know, like I've done a lot of work around gender norms, but I think like reading it again and thinking about its relationship in, in this context of authenticity, I just think I have some work to do from this shrinking perspective of like, again, maybe it's getting curious about like, whose voice is it that tells you you're too much or too loud or too, like I think the voice that I give myself that keeps me from being authentic is like it's too complicated and this is such a four this is such a four thing I think I I feel like in order for me to really communicate with you how I authentically feel or what I authentically think it's too complicated and it's going to take too much time and that feels way too self-indulgent for us to go there so instead I'm just gonna like stay quiet and like not expose and it's too exposing in some ways too if I'm being honest like I think there is some work for me too around like if I actually showed up as my fullest authentic self, like people either wouldn't get it (laughs) like, or it like, yeah, there's something deficient in it or so I think that's my yes. And is just like maybe getting more curious around like these voices that keep me shrinking and like, whose are they? Yeah. Do I want to listen to them? And like, wh- what does it look like to stop being small, quiet and attractive? <laughs> or at least like stop attaching my worth I, to those things, right? Yes. And I, as your friend, what came up for me for you, take this if you will, if you want to. But the question that was coming up for me I want to. to ask you was, I wonder if there is... an invitation for you to assess what is my sacred ground? Yeah. Oh, thank you for saying that. Cause even that phrase, it means nothing to me. Like when you, when you said the mantra, like, and when I read the mantra, Mm -hmm. literally nothing comes up for me. I think I don't even know what that is. Uh, And so maybe that's a good starting point is like, what does that even mean for me? Mm What's mine? And, and, and yeah. just yeah. quick sidebar, one of the things that I hear you say, and it could be a core value of yours, I have no idea. That is personal work. But just reflecting back to you what I've heard, connection is deeply important to you. And I think it's not just connection with others, yeah. it's connection to self. So when you're on the other side of somebody who potentially is, is feeling a little bit bigger or more puffed up than you and you're wanting to get small, I wonder what how you can start to connect okay is is part of my sacred ground staying connected to myself in this moment and staying connected to myself is it yes. going inward it's saying hey this conversation isn't working for me right now because it's i'm i'm feeling disconnected and i want to connect with you but the way that we're having this conversation doesn't feel helpful can we whatever i don't know how that pragmatically plays out but i'm yes. thinking about the connection for you between defining your sacred ground and then what that has to do with you staying connected to yourself Damn. There you go. <laughs> take it if take it for what it's worth. I literally got goosebumps because I was like, fuck yes, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> well, then there you have it. Um on that, on that note. We're back and we're loving it. 
Thanks for listening to the Room for Both podcast. We're always open for feedback. So if there was something that you resonated with or would like for us to discuss, please visit roomforbothpodcast.com or find us on Instagram at roomforbothpodcast and drop us a line. And also, while you're at it, would you do us a solid and rate this podcast so that we can eventually pay our sound guy? The girls are back in town. <laughs> Who is surprised? Who on the other side of this microphone? Who on the other side of this microphone? If you're in your car listening out walking, are you genuinely surprised you were greeted by me singing to you? I, I, the answer is no.